I, as a marketer, as a salesperson, I'm just speaking to myself as I'm on the client side. I'm the person, I'm on the vendor side. If I think about them as accomplishing tasks, I want to make those tasks as easy for them as possible. But when I think about some of the quote unquote modern realities of buying today, buyers don't want to rely on salespeople like they used to. They want to do a lot of their own self-directed research. And that's a huge change and a huge mindset shift for a lot of organizations that, you know, I've heard the old joke, no one buys from me, I sell it to them. Hello, and welcome to Industrial Marketing Simplified. This is a six-part audio series that explains how industrial companies successfully attract new prospects in tactical ways that are easy to understand. In this module, we're focusing on the customer, specifically how they buy today and what you need to know about it. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I'm joined by my business partner, Chad Kroger. We specialize in helping industrial businesses attract new customers. On today's episode, we're going to dive right in to how your customers buy today, the modern buying journey, defining your ideal customer profile, and determining your priority product. Chad, let's start. Let's open it up. What is our modern? What is what is a modern buying journey? I love the word modern on there. So talk to us about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of times been referred to as a sales or marketing funnel or a path to purchase. Uh, what we're really talking about is the process that your customers go through before they buy. The reason that we're talking about it as modern is because there has been a considerable amount of change over the last couple of years, uh, and I mean, it continues to progress. But it starts before they're even aware of your company uh, or aware that they have a problem uh, in some cases that the product can solve. So, I mean, just to ensure that we're all on the same page, let's look at the four stages that we focus on for industrial marketing. So the first is awareness. So that's that could be awareness of their problem, that there is a, a, a problem that they need to have solved. It could be awareness of your brand. It could be awareness of your individual, individual products. Um, it moves from awareness to exploration. And so that's the exploration of all of the solutions that are available to them. Uh, then we work on evaluation. And that is the evaluation of all the different products that are ultimately able to solve their specific issue. And then the action or purchase phase, which is really the final close before the service begins. So it goes from awareness to exploration to evaluation to action. Okay. So... Before we dive too far into obviously taking apart a little bit what happens on those four stages of, of this buying journey, what's let's what do we mean by modern? Like, why is is this literally that recent that we call it modern, or is it more a philosophy or a mindset? Well, the buying journey has become much more complex over the years, and really magnified since the pandemic with more mm-hmm. professionals researching and evaluating your products remotely. Uh, often we see this journey as linear, but in real life, your prospects are progressing in different stages and times, and it's really all over the place. Gartner recently defined some of the major buying tasks that your prospects must perform. So to answer the question around modern and some of the tasks, we'll go through a little bit in, in, in more detail. So the different tasks that uh, your prospects really need to complete is, number one, identifying that they have a problem. And once they've really identified that they have a problem, then they have to make the decision of, we need to do something about this, Mm. right? Am I able to actually make the change as an organization to solve this problem? It may not be that big for them at this point, you know, and so they need to really understand a little bit more about how much that actually costs them. And then once they've made that decision that they need to do something, then they need to explore really what's out there. What are the solutions that are available they need to define the requirements. Uh, what do we need to do to accomplish these goals? 
then they need to really look at the different uh, supplier groups. So who has what we need? And then validate it. We think that we know, but we need to be sure. So once they are identifying that, we talked a little bit earlier about the seven different people in the organization on average that need to make the decision. The big end product is how do we get consensus among those seven people? Let's make sure that we can get everybody on board. I love the concept of task, you know, uh, being put tactically, being tactically empathetic and thinking about if these are the things that my potential consumer, as I'm done, organ- I, mean, I say I, as a marketer, as a salesperson, I'm just speaking to myself as I'm on the client side. I'm the person, I'm on the vendor side. If I think about them as accomplishing tasks, I want to make those tasks as easy for them as possible. But when I think about some of the quote unquote modern realities of buying today, buyers don't want to rely on salespeople like they used to. They want to do a lot of their own self-directed research. And that's a huge change and a huge mindset shift for a lot of organizations that, you know, I've heard the old joke, no one buys from me, I sell it to them. Well, we live in a world now of the modern buying journey where people want to do their own research. Some cases, they actually resist information from salespeople because it's not something they have uncovered or unearthed. That sense of discovery and that sense of self-direction is incredibly important when you start thinking about how the buying journey has changed, modernized, and to your point, it's been we can't not talk about it. It's been accelerated since the pandemic. You know, and buyers are often overloaded with way more quality information. You know, a stat you heard recently, 87 of buyers' purchase decision is made before even speaking with your sales team. That's a stat that I've been tracking over the last 10 years. I've lost track of it a couple of years, but I remember when we used to say this in a big way when it was 60%, mm-hmm. 63%, 72%, 87%. And keep in mind, folks, that's a reality of a stat that was been done post-COVID. So these are these are some new evolutions. So when you think about your buying journey and the role of sales and quote-unquote marketing, marketing plays a bigger role because the customer is demanding it. I want to be clear, this isn't us prophesizing it. So when we think about your customer, or the challenge for most organizations, there's customers. What's the value of being disciplined when you think about those tasks, about actually like defining an ideal customer profile? Mm-hmm. What is it and why is that important? Yeah, I think the key word here is ideal. I mean, we've we've seen things like personas and all these different sort of ways to identify your customer groups and things, but the ideal customer profile is defined as the people and the companies that get the most value from or ultimately want the products that you manufacture. So that means that they're also the customers that are the most profitable for you as an organization. It's really the sweet spot between those two that create your most ideal customer. And then the next step is how to communicate to attract that ideal customer. Well, when you go back to what you said earlier about identify the problem, explore the solution, what do I... What, what, what need do I have to do something? That's really going to be relevant by different customer groups. Like mm-hmm. a different, different customer profile is solving a different set of problems. So, so disciplined that you actually almost do a profile. Like for every ideal customer profile, you should be able to work through what problem they're trying to solve and, and know that it's going to be different. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, knowing who your ideal customer is helps you to make better decisions together, like collaboratively in in your business about where to invest and what are often limited resources. So resources, not just, you know, from a financial perspective, but resources in terms of time. Um, And so your ideal customer, sorry, your ideal customer needs to be defined with the expertise and knowledge across your entire organization. I think that's really the most important piece is that, you know, oftentimes that's, that's sort of left to you know, maybe someone in the marketing department or um, maybe a desire from, you know, senior leadership in the organization. But when you have a collaboration between your marketing team, your sales team, 
your product development, if everybody's on the same page, even finance, service teams, anyone involved in the customer relationship, them collaborating on this is actually our ideal customer, that's the opportunity for you to be more successful as an organization. I love the clarity of taking this up and out of the marketing bucket. This isn't marketing's responsibility. This is about a complete, well-rounded picture of the individual. And ultimately, if you're in an organization that does a lot of research and development, really takes their product development seriously, which are companies that live in the industrial space, they know a lot about the customer and the problem they believe they're solving for them, hence the features and benefits of your individual offering. Mm -hmm. It's so important. So like, we're going to get the whiteboard out. We're going to go, okay, ideal customer profile. What is included? Let's get it started. Company roles and titles. Industry type, business type, geographic location. Some of the basic check boxes. None of these are surprises. Experience buying your types of products. That's an interesting one. Have they bought, have they solved the problem that you solve before in a way that they are familiar with? Never underestimate mm -hmm. that buying your type of business product might be new to them. Overall business objectives. What problems are they trying to solve at a strategic corporate level? Really understanding what the company's overall objectives are as well as those individuals. Specific business needs, internal expertise level. Where are they? You know, there's going to be a level of expertise on their side because they're experts in what they do, but don't ever assume that they're experts in what you do. So once you've, and that's just a touch, we can go a little bit deeper, but you know, first steps, let's get the basics. Let's set the foundation in place. So once I've got this information, Chad, how would, how would I start to actually use it in the real world? This ideal customer information is really about leveraging it. So, I mean, you can leverage it. Obviously, our focus here today is really about marketing, but you can leverage this information for decisions like your product design, your customer experience, uh, where to invest your advertising dollars, of course, uh, what type of content to create. You know, so when you start thinking about having that actually all clarified and again, collaborated, <laughs> collaborative between your, your teams internally and your We're organization. We're going to say agreed upon. <laughs> agreed upon, yeah. That's a little easier to say. Uh, so, I mean, ultimately, if everybody in your organization is on the same page with who your ideal customer is, you can be, uh, you know, much more strategic. We use it in a marketing space for lead scoring, uh, ad targeting, content development, and uh, the process of ranking prospects based on the estimated value that they re represent to your organization or their level of intent, how likely they are to buy, uh, is is extremely critical to to really being able to understand what is actually successful when it comes to marketing. So the score is used to determine how much investment that you should make to close them. And sometimes you can base it on something like a lifetime value of the of the customer, which I think we'll get into a little bit more detail. Uh, you know, later on some of these episodes, we dive a little bit deeper. Everything we're doing now is to set the foundation. So what I'm really understanding is it there is no way you can move forward with a targeted, focused, cost-effective marketing campaign if you do not have, it sounds obvious, but who your ideal, but not only do you know who your ideal customer profile is, but it's agreed upon across the organization. Mm -hmm. So the obvious next piece of this, to have an ideal customer profile, I have to know what product is actually the most valuable to them. So talk to me a little bit about MVP. Speaking of acronyms, <laughs> minimal viable, most valuable player. We can You can explode that one a little bit, but most valuable product to your organization, but also to that ideal customer. How important is that? And how do I go about finding that out? It, it's, it brings us back to one of the, the uh, challenges that we talked about in the first module, which is speed. So the way that we get in front of your ideal customer faster is to choose your most valuable product for that ideal customer. Mm. We, we know that uh, in, in the industrial space or in manufacturing and 
you know, inventing products. Um, MVP can sometimes stand for minimum viable product, which is the way that we get your marketing system set up and running. So it's a bit of a double meaning for us, but think about it as a gateway to the rest of your products or to really open the relationship and build rapport to build a longer term relationship. If we start with one product and get that target audience engaged and attracted to that one product, we're able then to move forward. And that's kind of your opportunity to start, right? That's where you are addressing the complexity of, of all of the different criteria of marketing. So um, the, and the, the MVP, the most valuable product, the reason we talk about it in that way is because it's the product that has typically been the most successful, you know, the most valuable in your organization. And, and, and think about it even in, in the prospect or in the, um, in the mindset of it's the easiest for your organization to sell. So that allows us to start with a higher volume of leads from new markets, could be geographical or from new markets from uh, different industries or things like that. And then we can optimize and grow from there. So back to module one, where we talked a little bit about not trying to boil the ocean. This is so critical at this point of not trying to, how many products can you jam into that piece of content or how many you know things can you promote that you do at one time? When you're thinking about really stepping up your game and putting in a solid foundation around marketing to support your sales, the discipline of not only knowing exactly who your ideal customer profile is, but exactly the highest, most valuable product to them and to you as an organization that what I'm hearing you say is that this is the way to set us up for success mm -hmm. where we really start to build this marketing framework, this marketing engine, if you will, by trying to sell too many things at once to too many separate people, the ultimate goal could be frustration and, and, and failure of a new initiative across the organization. Absolutely. And then that's when people get overwhelmed and they, they don't even get it off the ground because they're thinking so far into the future or they're getting discouraged because how do we actually wrap our head around that? So that's, that's really what this is meant to be is simplify it, bring it down, crawl, walk, run. Set the foundation. Chad, fantastic. Lots to think about again, again today on this episode. So what the modern buying journey looks like, quote unquote, and what makes it modern. Defining your ideal customer profile, clearly a, a make or break and something that gets the organization all around the table. Marketing can also be a very unifying initiative for your organization to get people agreeing of who we're talking to. And then choosing your most valuable product to take to market. So critical when it comes to the discipline of not boiling the ocean and being cost effective with your dollars. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this module, please re reach out and give us your feedback. We're always available on LinkedIn, Tyler, Chisholm, and Chad Croker. And please pass this along to members of your team. The sooner we get on the same page, the sooner we start driving results. Join us next for module three, content, the fuel in the industrial marketing engine.